Welcome back to More Than Your Average Bookie Podcast. And boy, we got some kind of show for you. We start off with the NFL where we go through the Packers and Chargers game. That was really funky. We go through Ravens and Patriots. And we talk about Lamar and how special he is. We talk about a team that is very rarely discussed, probably on this podcast and across the country. And then we finish up with some MVP talk between Russell, Deshaun, and and Connor will throw in uh, another dark horse there too. We finish up our uh, NBA preseason expectations where we go through all of the contenders slash playoff locks from what we thought before the season. And then we go through a couple updates on um, teams we've already talked about uh, and some players that are of note. Then we finish off the podcast talking the Carl Anthony Towns versus Joel Embiid tussle, as you will. But if you enjoy this podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud by searching More Than Your Average Bookie in the search bar. You can also follow us on Twitter at MoreBookie. Uh, If you leave a rate and review, that would be greatly appreciated. But anyways, let's get it. Welcome in to episode 23 of More Than Your Average Bookie podcast. This is your host, Bookie Brooks, and I'm here with Connor Moore. How are you doing, Connor? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I, I, I know the Hillcats season has started, so I think, you know, it's tradition to ask how, how that's going for you out there. It's, it's going well. We uh, played Oklahoma State last Friday night, and uh, that was good. It was really cool, like cool experience for me especially i thought and uh played them hard lost my 12 and then we're actually recording this the night before i had to texas for our first road trip and our first two games of the year so yeah nice little texas rodeo swing two games down there yeah back to back big back to back for us um, I, I watched the, the, the expedition opener and I, I got a little bit of a feel for the guys. I, I ended up falling asleep, but you know, you know, I, I was, I was there in support. That's, that, that was nothing to do with was, the fact that I don't sleep very much, but that's fine. It was good. I don't know. Like we're not going to go out there and play D1 athletes every night. So that's good. And for us to like keep it a game for mo- like for most of the game was pretty like, encouraging i thought so like we had a possession in the second half where we fouled a guy and it was an and one got a technical after the play so they get all the free throws and those points so it's like five points uh and then the like ball back ball gets inbounded they get a three guy makes it and we foul him and that was like <laughs> You know, eight, nine-point swing right there, and that's when it got to, like, 20. Right. But, like, other than that little stretch there, we actually played them really tough. That's great. Awesome. And I heard there was a special guest in in attendance. Yeah. uh, We had good old Waka Flocka Flame sit in front row. I'm not a big music guy, but does he still make music? I I don't – not like he used to. He might a little bit just to try to stay relevant. 
But it was really funny. Every like media timeout, they they'd play a song. And would, and, he, uh, would he react or? No, he didn't do anything. But he had his like whole entourage sitting there. I mean, it was an ex- <laughs> exhibition game, so like the place wasn't packed. So like, when they walked in, everyone was like, "Oh my god, walk a flock of flames here," kind of thing. It was really funny. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, did you go and get asked for an autograph? I know you're a absolutely big fan. not. I would never do that, especially for Waka Flocka Flame, dude. Seventh grade me might. But don't you go hard in the M and F or paint? Though, they, were playing, they were playing that song. Yeah, that's a banger. What do you mean? Yeah. It's one of the, the most recognizable joke. songs that I can think of just when you think about basketball. Yeah. I don't know. It was, that was, it was random, but it was cool. I don't know. Was the, how was the birthday weekend? Well, as you know, I turned the ripe age of, of 23 years old. Um, it's my Jordan year, as my brother would say. Uh, so, I, I mean, I had a great time. Um, I had a bunch of buddies over for this weekend. Uh, you know, just a bunch of college kids just not even doing anything remotely fun. We got the UFC fights, you know. Uh, had a few beverages, no, nothing too exciting, but, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. I went to Benihana on Monday with my family go. and, uh, that, that is money. The yum yum I've sauce. I've never ate there. Oh, you got to get some yum yum sauce. It's unbelievable. You got to try it. Is it, is it like Sakura? What's Is Sakura? it like a Jap- Japanese steak- steakhouse kind of thing? Like they do hibachi? Yeah, the hibachi grill and they, they do the whole routine where they like, you know, the volcano of onions and it's yeah. just just like the how I and they like, mother. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I got they you. Throw the egg up in the air, catch it, and you like right. squirt sake in your mouth, all that stuff, you know? Dude, the full those experience. places are really good. I really like those oh, places. Oh, and the food's just incredible. Oh. That's one of Joe and I's uh favorite date spot. It's a, it's a papachi grill. Yeah, it's, it's called Sakura though. It's not called it's not a Benihana. It's Sakura. Okay, all right, all right. Good old right. Grand Forks. They don't got Benihana. <laughs> I'm surprised. They probably have it down in Fargo. Anyways, before we get into a North Dakota geography uh, podcast, we're going to jump right into football of uh, week nine, I think, in the book. We got, what did we got? Eight more weeks left with week 10. Um, so yes. past the halfway mark. So we're just going to try to go through some of the games we saw last weekend. Uh, what it means for the league more in general. Um, starting with one of the most, I feel like, uh, f- I don't want to say fluky, but results that you wouldn't have expected. It was the Chargers marching all over the Packers this weekend. Um, I know you didn't get to see any of the game, but when you, it's it's, I don't understand how a team that has looked so bad like the Chargers, I had completely written them off. I saw like four weeks in, I'm like, I can't do that. They just don't have it. They don't have the talent. Normally in years past, when they don't have the talent, they just normally screw it up anyways. This year, it didn't even seem like they had the talent to be competitive in those games. And I just, I can't imagine they beat a team like the Packers that started the year and, and is in the discussion for one of the best teams in the NFC. Right. I was looking at like the box score and stuff, and one, like one thing that stuck out to me right away was uh, Melvin Gordon really got it going for kind of the first time this year. And I don't know, like Philip Rivers like didn't throw any touchdowns. I think he had about three hundred yards, 
But it wasn't like he was just lighting the world on fire. They got a new OC, so obviously it looked like they, they figured some things out. I mean, Phil moved the ball on this Packers defense that was supposed to be pretty good. Uh, the Packers defense has been really poor against the run, so it was kind of nice to see the Chargers get the run game going. Did you know that they haven't had 40 yards rushing in three straight games, and that hasn't happened in the NFL in 40 years? That's Wait, how bad the Chargers' running attack has been. Right, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, Melvin Gordon, he was... 20 carries for 80 yards and two touchdowns like he's always been a staple of that offense in the previous years like we used to talk about whether he was good or not and then we kind of decided he actually is like he's decent you know yeah I think but he's up until talented, this point he'd been but... literally like he'd been averaging less than three yards a carry I mean doing nothing like eight carries 20 yards kind of thing I was starting to wonder if they just like cut him and just have Eckler like, because Eckler seemed like they got the offense moving. He was one of the most efficient rushers in, in these advanced metrics. They talk about how their offense line has really, really been poor, and Eckler was still doing fine. Yeah. It's pretty surprising that they decided just to go to a heavy Melvin Gordon workload right off of the street. I think the Packers' defense is super overrated, though. I don't, is, I, don't, I don't know how good it is. I know, like, we kind of thought that, like, Rodgers had a defense finally, but... I definitely don't think their defense is anything special. This defense reminds me of those Peyton Manning Colt teams that had a defense that was set just to play from ahead, where they're really good pass rushers and they got good D-backs, but the inside of their defense is terrible. So they can't stop teams that get ahead and they start running the ball on them. It, that, is, it, that was the weirdest thing. And when the Packers' offense slows down and their defense and, they couldn't get anything going. They, the offensive line really struggled. Bosa was in the backfield all the time. I just, I was just surprised at how inept the Packers looked after being pretty dominant and after Rodgers has been dealing for like three weeks now. Right. Weird deal. I don't. <sighs> they had fifty-two it's... yards of total offense halfway through the third quarter. Yeah, that's and that's. That's, then it's garbage time at the time. They were down 19-0 at that point. So any yards after that are meaningless. So they were literally just, it was like pitching a shutout for the Chargers. Right. I, like, one week I think the Packers are like, they're probably going to make the Super Bowl. And then it's just like, they, then they just go lay an egg. And I'm like, this team isn't even that, you know, it's not even that good. And it's just, they've, they've had a weird season, I feel like. They either dominate or just totally suck. I don't. I just. It's weird because the Vikings needed this win. This Chargers loss would have been so big for the Vikings. And the Vikings just, you know, like I don't really want the division. We're gonna lose to Matt Moore and the Chiefs. Sure, I get it. Like the Chiefs were like at home. They're one of the best home crowds. But for the Packers, the Chargers, there was more Packer fans at the game. Like there's right. no excuse. I can't, okay. I can't get over it. So here's a question. What was the bigger loss, losing to the Chargers if you're the Packers or losing to the Mahomeless Chiefs if you're the Vikings? I think losing to the Chargers is worse because I think the Chiefs can still move the ball. They still were at home. I think the Chargers are a bad team, and the Packers would have seen the Vikings loss because that was at noon, and they knew that they get another game lead on the division if they win this game. What more motivation you want? This was a very disappointing team, like a very, very disappointing game. 
And I think this is one of their one of their worst loss of the week, other than the Jets losing to the Dolphins. But you know that game doesn't deserve any discussion whatsoever. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to talk about that either. I think another major storyline from this week was. The Ravens. I mean, they just put up 37 points on the Patriots. That was supposedly, like after six weeks, one of the best defenses of all time in terms of points. And you can say you can get on the Patriots for never playing anyone, but that's not their fault. You can only go with who they were playing against. And Lamar really gave the Pats defense some problems. Did you? What did you take away from this game? I I think... The Ravens are legit contenders. Uh, if if you can play that well against a Patriots defense, like that has been, I don't know what their historical ranking is, but it feels like they've been one of the highest like scoring defenses probably in league history through like nine weeks or whatever. No defense has ever fantasy defense has ever scored two hundred points, and after like eight weeks, they had one hundred and sixty. That's what I'm saying. Like. That defense has been insane. It's been like another source of offense, and you just that means they're special, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, for Lamar to have the success that he did, like, I think they have as good as any chance, as anyone of a chance to come out of the AFC. Like, they're solid all around. Have you watched Brady? Like, have you watched him a little bit closely this year? What do you like? How do you think he's playing? I don't know. He. You want to hear what I think? He doesn't throw. He doesn't throw the ball quite as well as he used to. Like, I I think it's weird. Like that offense has always been timing based. They're gonna just they're just gonna cut you a little bit all over. Like they're just gonna get their six yards every single time. And I don't know why, but this offense is a way different feeling. The run game's been terrible. Sony Michelle's been bad. And when you're watching. It just feels like Brady's forcing the issue. Like he's having a little more picks than you would see, and 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 if he, I just it doesn't feel right. And I don't ever want to go against Tom Brady, but this is the earliest he has showed. Like it's felt like the last three years he's had really good first twelve weeks, and then the last six weeks they kind of peter out a little bit, and then they ramp it up in the playoffs. And it feels like that that slowdown is starting earlier in the season, and. I don't know. It, it feels weird, and there's this weird stuff where he sold his house in Foxborough, and I don't know. It just I didn't know that. That's now we're getting like conspiracy territory. I know, with that, but it doesn't. But... It, it doesn't think there. It, there looks like there's no end in sight for Brady. He's not going to give up. Like he's not going to not play. And some team right. will give him a chance to play. And I think the Patriots are the one organization that will actually think about. Like they won't. I'm not saying they're going to cut him, but like, I'm just wondering because that day will come where Brady is going to want to play and the team is not going to want to play him. He's going to be Eli Manning. Right. And he doesn't, I don't know how that conversation plays out. I don't know. I just, I, 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 feels, it feels Dude. like it's hitting a tipping point. And I'm not, and I actually still think the Patriots are probably the, the, the Super Bowl runs through New England. I still think they're the best team in the league. I, I honestly think they are going to run it into the ground for Tom Brady. He's the GOAT, man. He has done – he – I don't know. I think they got to do anything for him. Like, if he wants to keep playing, let him play. If they're just an average football team for the next four years, 
They're get, they're gonna find a quarterback. They've had Brissett, Garoppolo play behind him. They can find another guy. You know what I'm saying? I would love if Brady was just like Peyton Manning in his last year. You know when he was just inept. But they won the Super Bowl. But they won the Super Bowl. Right, That's, yeah. Honestly, but, that, that could be this year. No, but <laughs> I, th- I think it's going to happen. One of these years, they're going to get an actual good running back, invest in the offense line. Brady's going to take 10 mil. And they're literally just going to, for three seasons, I could see, where it's just that treatment. And that would be best case scenario, where you just see Brady just has to lead a couple drives towards the end of the game. And otherwise, he's just handing the ball off. And like, he'll I, do it, because he's Tom Brady. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he'll just have just enough in the tank for it. I one thing I think with Brady is like he really doesn't have a solid second option to throw the ball to. Mo Sanu, man, what do you mean? Mo Sanu Jr.? No, he's senior. He's a senior I, now. I was kind of gassing him up on the last podcast. <laughs> I think I think I want to retract anything positive I said about Muhammad Sanu. <laughs> I I don't know if I just was excited for like Muhammad Sanu to be to be good, maybe? I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was just a feeling. I don't like it anymore. So, I think before we, we move on from this game, I, I think we need to give Lamar his due. Um, I've never seen a person make people miss as consistently as Lamar Jackson does. There are times where they literally let offensive like it, you can watch it like they, I, uh, it was during the broadcast. I don't remember who pointed it out, but they literally leave defensive linemen unblocked and let other offensive linemen get more upfield to get to the second level because that's Lamar's guy to beat. Like they'll let someone get in the backfield because they know that he's gonna miss. He's gonna make that guy miss, and they're gonna get a huge chunk play. It is unreal. I've never. It's 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 so consistent. You saw that play. It was a third down and ten, and he was should have been tack, sacked like six times sideways, and he got a first down, pushing his own offense lineman to get a pancake block. Like I I don't. He is something else. I was very skeptical on that. The, the fact that I thought that defenses would be able to adjust to it and it through nine weeks, it hasn't looked like the case. Yeah, I don't know. He's going to get lit up one of these days. So. Oh, that, I know. He's going to just get absolutely destroyed. That's, that's the thing. Like, he's going to like think he's going to juke, just juke Aaron Donald or someone like that. And literally, he's just going to knock, like, someone's going to knock him into next week. It's going to be so bad, I feel like. I'm so scared of that. That's, like, worst case scenario. I don't want it to happen, but it's, anyways. This is one team I just wanted to bring up because I don't think we'll ever talk about him again. Um, The Oakland Raiders. I think most people would have thought they were probably one of the worst teams in the league coming in the season. Uh, Even with Antonio Brown, like, People were kind of high on the Broncos. The Chiefs were the number one. Everyone liked the Chargers coming into the year. It was nominally picked that the the Raiders were going to be the worst team in the division. And I think they're easily the second best team in the division. division. And I don't even think it's like relatively close. Yeah. Which is weird. I don't know. John Gruden, man. Gotta love that guy, though. I love their offense. Their offense moves the ball super well. They have players that like kind of fit just... Total, like, prototypical offense. You got Jacobs, who's been a monster. He sets up their whole game. They got a giant offensive line. So that's how their whole thing is predicated on. Then Carr gets the ball out quick. 
So that gets you a lot of first downs. And Waller's been really good on those kind of routes. And then Waller's been tough. Yeah. Right. And then you give them Tyrell Williams, who's actually been insane, and he's like their one deep threat. And if you have like a threat on all three levels, and you just have this constant threat, I it, their offense has not been their problem whatsoever. The no. problem has been that their defense cannot get off the field. Like that Lions game, it was 31 to 24. And I swear every team scored on every possession, but they were just long drives both ways. Both teams just couldn't stop either of them. And it was eight minute drives both ways. I, I it's just, I just wanted to give the Raiders just a little shout out for not that's, being yeah, a joke. That's a, lo- that's a lot of Raider love right there. I, I don't have, I don't have that kind of affection for the Raiders, but I, I mean, we, we've talked about last year. I think we talked about that John Gruden was a joke. So yeah, I, I thought he was too. I will say, I became a I kind of became a fan when I watched Hard Knocks. He's like, he's just a really passionate dude, and I think everyone kind of thought like his antics and stuff are for show almost. But I I I think it's like that's who he is. Oh, for sure. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. Do you got one more Raiders thing? No, no, I'm good. I, that's all. Okay. That's uh, all the just free one last they thing. Get from me. We're past the midway point, so we're starting to try to think about this MVP discussion. And Mahomes has been like the, the favorite throughout the year, but he's missed a couple games. And so he's kind of put out of the discussion, fair or not. But we have Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and probably Lamar Jackson. I mean, you could throw Aaron Rodgers into this, but statistically and especially after his last week's performance, I feel like... He just for right now, just he needs to prove a little bit more. Is just my opinion, and I think that the based on the surrounding roster talent for all three of these teams, I think that they're carrying more weight than Rodgers' season. Uh, where do you sit on the Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson kind of uh, trio? Uh, I'm I'm definitely Russell Wilson. Uh. I don't know, really know why. I mean, he's a stud. But I definitely – I watched Deshaun Watson and, like, I don't know. I He puts up decent numbers. I get it. But I, he's just on the Texans and they frustrate me. I think they lose games they should win kind of thing. They are 6-3. and Lamar is definitely making a case, especially after last week. But Russ has crazy numbers right now. I uh, the one guy you don't have listed for this MVP thing, though, is uh, Christian McCaffrey. He might get my vote, honestly. Talk about putting a team on your back and literally carrying it. He is on your... pace. He's on pace. For the best year, running ba- like, year ever for a running back. Yeah, He's no. ahead of LTs. Yeah, right, right there with him. And so I can definitely see the case. And if the Panthers keep putting win together like this, like you, you're gonna have to think about it. But dude, running back—that's literally sick. the last time you know, a running back won MVP was LT. And, that's why it's and the sick. league, and the league has only shifted more away from the running back. Like, I just don't see where uh, uh, the voting public actually thinks that Christian McCaffrey is more important to his team than Russell Wilson is. Dude, I just the Carolina Panthers are five and three right now, and aren't the the Russell Wilson Seahawks 
They just got put 34 points on their defense. Their defense isn't good. The Seahawks defense isn't good. Just Oh, my God. Russell Wilson, I've never seen, like, the, the throws he's making right now to Tyler Lockett over the top. I swear, I think he completes 100% of the passes. And the numbers back it up. He completes, like, 82% of his passes to Tyler Lockett. I've always been pessimistic on Tyler Lockett. I just didn't think he was big enough. I didn't think he was, like, I thought he was just a speedster. And he's shown this year that he's a really good route runner. And he has, they run these in great run wide receiver concepts where he just is wide open but the, the, the there still needs to be a ball the, the way the ball comes in is the only reason he's open look russell might he might throw he's top 3 in just ability to throw the football he he th- makes crazy throws and i i love like his playmaking ability on his feet they're all dimes. I swear Russell Wilson's yeah. deep ball is the prettiest thing in the league. I mean, not Mahomes' deep ball, but, like, the touch on, like, Mahomes, it's a laser. It's just, right. you can't see. He just see. throws darts. Yeah. yeah. But the the touch on those Russell Wilson passes sometimes, it, it just seems like it gets plucked out of the sky. Like, it it's just like, would landed as perfectly and as softly as you could have a football land. He. Russell Wilson throwing the football is like Steph Curry shooting the basketball. That, that's 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 my comp for this. I it is just pure bliss. I think Lamar deserves to get credit on on this one, and but I still think that that team isn't gonna. I mean, if he keeps playing like this, it's gonna be really hard to argue. And uh, Watson, I really just think this Texans team is is pretty pretty suspect as well they're super frustrating they lose games they shouldn't all the time but to discount Watson because of the team I don't think it's because of Deshaun Watson Deshaun Watson is magic I don't get it he's not that fast he's not that quick but he I don't he just gets first downs he's a a winner I he's a winner you can't not like him I don't know why I I can't fall in love with him I just can't make because he's on the Texans but did yeah, you, did you you're see totally that right. play when he got kicked in the eye and he made the game-winning touchdown pass? Right, like, dude's a beast. I don't know. Uh, it's I just hate so the Texans so much. <laughs> but seriously, back to Christian McCaffrey. Carolina's five and three. Carolina is definitely the worst team out of the four the, of the three teams we're talking about. Oh, I think they might be better than the Texans. I know they already lost to the Texans, but I still think they're better. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I watched the game. They're they're better than them. Kyle Allen fumbled to J.J. Watt like four times, and J.J. Watt's out now, so there's no way. There's just no way. <laughs> so uh, we, we didn't even talk about how uh, we uh, had a little uh, break last week because of Busy Boy over here, but uh, – we are going to finish up our uh, preseason preview uh, three weeks into the league. Um, <laughs> but oh, I think it's still good to put our baseline on our expectations for the season so that when we come back that we uh, can either be disappointed or shocked at, at how teams are doing. And because the, the, the league has already started, some of these teams already are in misplaced positions so we're gonna go through who we thought well this is my list but connor had some edits on uh who we think our playoff locks slash contenders are 
in the league this season. And we're going to start with the Eastern Conference. And I think favored, favored to win the Eastern Conference was the Milwaukee Bucks. They're currently sitting at 5-2, and two, leading the league in scoring. How, where do you think the Bucks? I mean, you know they're, they're the, this top two with the Sixers, and so we can kind of get into Sixers versus Bucks so far through the year and your expectations through the playoffs. Sixers are also 5-1. and one. So where do you sit on this top two tier in the East? Um, I think the Bucks are, are what I thought they'd be. I, I thought they'd be probably the best team in the East and make the finals. And, I mean, they're 5-2. and two. It's, it's early, right? But, like, leading the league in scoring, that's, that's, that's a good thing, right? I think they got it rolling already. Yeah, and have you uh, – I think one of my favorite things about the Bucks season so far is Robin Lopez – uh, shooting three-pointers and his uh, tea celebration. I think that's – I don't know why I like it. Have you seen it? I don't know if I've seen the tea celebration. Oh, is he so sipping what tea? He does, no, so what he does is he makes it. He puts one three-point uh, – you know the, you know when you put three you. goggles yep. on? You hold it uh-huh. like you're holding a cup of tea, and then he gets another three uh, on his other hand, and he, it looks like he's holding a, a tea bag, and he dunks it in the cup – in like the imaginary cup he's holding, and then he whips it, he whips the cup that he's imaginary holding towards his face like he's drinking the cup of tea, and, and then and he's he does holding it up quick, a three. And and it's just it's just it's actually pretty cool. I don't know. Hey, that might be the best three point celebration I've I've seen in a while. Yeah, but it's it's still you're you're drinking a cup of tea. What do you mean? I just That's think awesome. Of, I think about it. Uh, I love it. Like uh, uh, the internet when they do the frog with the cup of coffee, I don't, I don't know why, but that that's what comes to my head when I think oh, about the, it. Oh, like the meme. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah like yeah. the meme, and I think Robin Lopez is a meme in himself. Um, Facts. Sorry, I was a little <laughs> bit, I was a little bit off topic, but I mean, it's early with the Bucks. We're gonna see how this roster shakes up. I think they're gonna make some moves. I think they're gonna be really aggressive because they know that this Giannis. T- this Giannis time clock is ticking, right? It definitely has started, right? Right. It, 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 the, the way that the league has moved, the player empowerment era, the Bucks feel the pressure. Like They have a transcendent superstar who might be the best player in the league. If you lose him, you don't know if you'll ever get a player like that back, especially in Milwaukee. And, and so it, it'll be really interesting. For the Sixers, however... I've loved how the Sixers play. Sure, they lost to the Suns last night. Suns are pretty frisky. We won't talk about them yet. But I think the Sixers, I've loved everything I've seen on defense. I think Ben Simmons is number one in the league in steals. They're getting so many deflections. They're so big. They're so long. I really like the Sixers and the Bucks to really fight for this number one seed. I think they're going to both put up a ton of wins because I think both teams think that home field, like home court advantage really matters for them because I think that, that if they played each other, the series is going to go seven and they really value that. Um, I don't it know. It matters. I think it's, it's a weird deal, but it like really matters. Like you're seven. playing all season against this one team for one game. Sounds ridiculous, but 
the expectations are for both of these teams are to make the finals. And I think that putting that kind of expectation on your season is good for your team. Facts. I agree. I don't... It, you you think the Bucks are better than the Sixers, though, right? Who would I take in a playoff series today? Yeah. I'd lean Sixers. Really? I think that they are very well set up to give the Bucks a lot of problems. I don't I don't like I don't like the supporting cast for the Bucks that much against the Sixers team. I think that the supporting cast is really good at shooting. I think that they're relatively limited in terms of making plays off the ball. I think that the Sixers, one problem is that they're not good at guarding some of the little guys. And the only little guy on this Bucks team that's any good is Eric Bledsoe, and he hasn't shown up in the playoffs ever. So, I mean, he, the last time Eric Bledsoe was good in a playoff series, he was backing up Chris Paul and the Clippers, and that was like three teams ago. Like, there, there is he's consistently choked in the playoffs. And I don't see that being that big of a problem for the Sixers. I mean, I'm worried about the player, the Sixers scoring points, but I think that just griming it up, and I think that it's just like the Bucks are relying on Chris Middleton to be really good, and I think Ben Simmons gives them a ton of problems. I think the bigs, Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez, they can't do anything to Embiid. I just think that there's a lot of problems for the Bucks when you get into a playoff series where Giannis can't be the fulcrum and he's the motor that powers your offense. Wow, I feel like I'm a Sixers fan. Was that a good take? I that think was that was pretty, all that was, right. That was that was some that was some knowledge. Yeah, that was good. Okay, all right. That's uh, just you, where you I'm make, sitting. You make really good points. I, I and also I love Thibault. I know I'm just like every other person that talks about it on a podcast. If you like Ben Ben Bill Simmons, Zach Lowe, Ryan Russell, everyone's obsessed with him because he's unbelievable. He's fifth in the league in steals. He's playing 20 minutes a game. I don't care if he can't shoot. He makes plays on defense that you don't see in the league, and that is enough to tune in. Last thing on Sixers, I want the update on Ben Simmons' jump shot. Uh, it's not happening, brother. It's not happening? Not no. this year? Yeah, no. And that, that's going to be the reason they don't beat the Bucks, and I know it, but right now I'm going to hold out hope. I'm not, I've decided – I thought I was anti-Ben Simmons, but I've heard other people talk about the Ben Simmons, and I've decided I'm pro-Ben Simmons. So I, I think I don't think you, can, you can't find a better prospect like in terms of what he can do other than shooting the ball. <clears throat> like his potential. I agree. Is, I love him. And I think his baseline player is better than a lot of people think. I think that player wins a ton of regular season games and that, that matters to getting into the playoffs and maybe he's going to be a little limited, but like he's still so young, like, and he plays hard. Like you can't, he plays defense. Like you can't like, why do people hold out hope for Wiggins for five years? I don't think people even give Ben and Simmons the benefit of the doubt because he's been in big games already because he's already good. I I totally agree. He he definitely doesn't get enough love. He he doesn't get treated like he is the next one of the next guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we do it to stupid. Anthony Davis. What we do it to Cat? Like 
Ben Simmons has seen a lot more big moments than Cat has. Right, and and you could say it's because Embiid is that kind of guy, and he's dragging him there. But all in all, like Ben Simmons is on the court more for the Sixers. He is has the ball more. Like right, he, he does, has a reason why they're one of the best defensive teams in the league the last few years. He rebounds, guards, and distributes all things that contribute, like play a major role in winning. Right. I didn't know we were going to go into a Ben Simmons defend fest, but you know what? I kind of like it. I feel oh, good about for it. For sure. Okay. So when I made this list, these are the only two teams I felt really strongly about making the playoffs. One of those teams doesn't look very good right now as a playoff lock, but we're going to start with the 5-1 and one Boston Celtics. I think this is the one team in the league I actually haven't watched yet. I don't know I why, but... I know that I just – I guess I really do need to see it see it in action. Gordon Hayward dropped 39 points last night. Dude, that's so awesome. I was, that makes me so happy. Oh. I hope he's kind of back. I, does he, he doesn't need to be like like back when he was had prime jazz I, years. I mean like but, prime jazz years was what, 23 a game? Yeah. Like just, I mean you, if he puts up 21 – 19 um, I, that's great if yeah, he can shoot I love the ball, Gordon Hayward he's he, and he's like way more of a basketball player than you would ever give him credit for I think that he is a very good passer like really good like has great like I, I think the the a common misconception is that making flashy passes and getting like high assist numbers is like you're a good passer but right. he leads to so many where he's right in the middle and he kicks it to the corner for the guy that isn't even – he's open, but he's not open enough where he's going to shoot the ball, where it's going to be a hockey assist because he knows that the, neck, the that guy has to rotate down. He does yeah. that constantly. You don't – like just think about like Celtic basketball games. Like I feel like a lot of the times there's always that swing to Tatum in the corner and it always goes up to Jalen Brown and he always bricks that, that, cor- that wing clay. three. Like that, that feels like it happens a lot and it always because of Gordon Hayward. But I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I, I haven't watched them enough, but Celtics are starting pretty well. I'm worried about their, their front line. Time Lord and Ennis Cantor. I probably are not going to do it. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's, think about them matching up with like the Sixers. They're going to struggle. There's been a lot of talk in the league about how, uh, like rumor mill is that the Gordon Hayward for DeMontis Sabonis trade is just sitting there for the Pacers and the Celtics because they have their two big like or Miles Turner like the Celtics need a big bad and the the Pacers need a wing score like it like to just move yeah I it's a, a very very easy plug and play trade and I, I that's just kind of exciting You've been on the phone with Larry Bird or what? How how do you know that? Just what a lot of people are talking about. They're like throwing out fake trade in the money works and and that kind of thing. It just, I don't know. Just kind of a fit I would be sad if Gordon Hayward gets traded after he starts to be good and he wanted to be there. But, you know. Honestly, uh, Oladipo, Gordon Hayward lineup would be kind of spicy. With Brogdon and Turner. With Brogdon, yeah. Turner and... They got Jeremy Lamb, but that's kind dude, of good, I don't know what I, 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 I missed news over the weekend because both Miles Turner and Sponis didn't play last night and they were starting guys on their bench I'd never seen before. And the the 
the Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, TJ Warren all played 42 minutes, and they all had 30-plus points. Did was, they win? Yeah, they won. They beat. Uh, oh my god! They, they beat a decent team. It was unreal. I, I I didn't even. I've never even seen the two players that started with those guys. I've never seen their names before. It was. You would crazy. have been clawing your eyes out. I feel like if you were at that game. I know. It, I thought about watching it because I saw <laughs> that it was close down the stretch. Anyways. <clears throat> This is the last team in the East that I thought was a playoff lock. It looks a little uh, murky right now, but we have murky. the Brooklyn Nets sitting at three and four. Um, they've beaten the Knicks, the Rockets, and the Pelicans, which isn't like the worst combo, but they've lost to the Wolves, the Grizzlies in OT, the Pacers, and the Pistons. And that's not very good. And when you take into effect that the Rockets and Pelicans are the worst two defenses in the entire league so far this year, I I, I have some real concerns about the Nets this season. I I'm I'm not not a fan of the Nets, and I, I don't think they're going to be any good until Kevin Durant comes back next year. I I don't even I don't think they're a playoff team, honestly. In the East? I don't think so. Hmm. I guess where I stand on the Nets is I've always we, we did we ranked what our top fifteen players last year. Yep. And I had and one of the things you got the most mad at me was that I had Al Horford at fifteen over Kyrie Irving. And you got you were just that was you this is I think that I think that still stands. What, that it's ridiculous? I think Kyrie's better now, Horford, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he probably is. But I've always thought that Kyrie is not a winning player. He never won with with LeBron. He had a stacked roster No, with, without LeBron. He won with LeBron, but everyone lives, wins with LeBron. When LeBron plays, you win games. He went to the Celtics. Their team did good without him. Then he comes back. Their team was worse. And it, it was the same roster that got back with a bunch of young guys that were supposed to get better. And then you go to this Nets team that was built on chemistry and, and moving the ball. And now the, the Kenny Atkinson already came out and said, we, we didn't run any offense today. This is week. This is game four. Yeah. Kyrie's second in the league in, in points. He's third in shot attempts. He's pulling like James Harden. He's averaging 32 points a game. And this team isn't very good. It should be better. I don't think Thoughts? Kyrie's a winner. I he's not a winner. That uh, the proof is in the pudding on that so one. So why does Jury's that make out. him a better basketball player than Al Horford? I mean, he's because he he is a better basketball. What's player. What's the objective like, of the game? To win. I I don't get why he, people get so fight, confused. I'm with just all saying this. he's more he's more talented. Okay, I'm not saying better. Better is a very loose word. Talented. He's more talented than Al Horford. Talented in which way? Al Horford makes his teammates better. Al Horford doesn't shoot the ball or dribble yeah, the does. ball yeah, nearly as well as Kyrie. Kyrie he shoots better, better percentage than Kyrie from three. It, He's a good three-point shooter. He can't create his own jump shot like he Kyrie can there. roast big guys on the perimeter. Watch, watch Al Horford play. He <laughs> is a great your, center. Your argument right now is no. This is no. Well, I don't care. I, I, I I'll die on this. I don't care. I like winning basketball games. I don't care. That's facts. I, I mean, Al Horford's won everywhere he's went with way less talent. His Hawks I, teams win sixty games. Okay, 
They didn't have one player on the team that was better than Kyrie Irving. Okay? It's ridiculous. Kyrie I, has been a loser his whole career without LeBron James. He has. Uh, it's, that is so true. But in terms of talent, he's, he's a got he's a flashier version of anyone in the league. He's a flashier version of Monte Ellis. <laughs> That's my That's last funny. thing. He's like a rich man's Monte Ellis. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Nets suck. <laughs> I don't care. I All don't right. like Kyrie. Now, Him and his mood swings can just yeah live uh, in Brooklyn. That was amazing. I love all of it. Okay. Now we're going to move on to the Western Conference where we have a lot more teams I think are, are solidified in here. And I like this conference because I think that you can make an argument for a lot of the teams on this list. Uh, we're going to start with uh, one of the highest win totals in Vegas. Uh, and one of my favorites in the West is the Nuggets. They are five and two so far, and uh, I have some points to go, but I want Connor to start first. Okay, thoughts on Nuggets? Nuggets are awesome. I love the Joker. I think they're gonna be. They're probably a top four playoff team now, in my opinion. Now that the Warriors have a. You didn't think there was a chance they were gonna make a top four before? Crash and burn. I thought the Warriors were going to be probably four. I thought it'd be... But you thought that the Jazz were already ahead of them just oh, to start the year. I Actually, no, I'm probably... I'm, no, I probably thought they were in the top four. But regardless, now I think they're a lock in the top four. <laughs> but they definitely are. Um, I don't know if it's a lock because there's there's some other teams that are, are being pretty strong in the West that we've covered before. But... The one thing I wanted to bring up on the Nuggets, I think this is the most out of shape Jokic has been that I've watched. I've Do you never think it matters. He looks so heavy. He looks so heavy. He Dude, is gassed after like three trips down the floor. You this sure is it's not just because you haven't seen him in a year? I'm actually upset. I'm not even kidding. I don't know <laughs> why my feelings should be hurt, but he should have gave into he had an incredible playoff run where he showed everyone that he deserves to be one of the biggest superstars in the league. And now he is physically the biggest superstar in the league. <laughs> I don't understand it. He looks like he's 300 pounds. And, he, and, and of course, he hasn't shaved in three weeks, so he has the worst facial hair ever. I've never seen someone be so good and so bummy and so out of shape in an NBA game. I don't think anyone that out of shape has been in the league since, like, the 80s. I'm so happy you brought this up because... You've always, like the last year, you always would rave about. If Jokic just got absolutely jacked and in super good shape, how good he'd be. And he comes back even fatter than he already was. Like, I know, I can just imagine how much that irks you. That's so funny. I think he has a chance to be the best player in the league. Like, the most impactful player in the league if he was in shape. Well, you want to like a... Contributing he, to winning wise, right? Like people always like to roast him on defense, but he's always in the right spot. He's seven feet tall and he's got great hands. He gets deflections and like he's like decent at blocking shots, even though he doesn't get up. But imagine if he could. Imagine he could get to those spots better. He's so smart at the game. That he like understands. If he could, uh. could out the opposing center, like versus just being like flat out better, how much better would that even make him? You know what I mean? Like. We're not even reaching the ceiling because he, he's not physically close to his, like, Right, and, and, and I don't know if it's, like, 
three years in, what, no, year four, like, I just, I'm starting to think, I love Jokic. I still think he was probably going to get in shape by the end of the year. Most of the big guys, like Shaq's done it for years. Comes into the season out of shape, plays himself into it. But I just, I want it. I, I want to see that, the, the full picture. And I don't think the Nuggets can ever muster up enough surrounding talent that's going to be good enough for them to be a soup like a, a championship contender unless Jokic is one of the top three players in the league and if he doesn't recognize that and the importance of this roster around him I, I just I think he's taking it for granted and maybe it's just a cultural thing where like it's just he he wants to just play basketball and he get buckets and stuff but like he, he's never shown the a care for being that guy like, like being good, the guy yeah i don't know he might just be like really immature he's still pretty young you know what i'm saying definitely and i don't know it, it, it he's still i mean he just got paid too like he's gonna get like there's all-time security for him so there's no real financial incentive and it's just i don't i don't i don't want to be wrong i want to be right on the fact that he could be a top three player in the league and maybe the best and we'll never know if he doesn't do it so that's where i stand one of the other locks i think to make the playoffs who's came out to a pretty interesting start was the houston rockets they're four and three currently and uh defense has not been their forte what do you have you seen did we think it was gonna uh we can we can get into that in a second, but what do you think? Have you watched Russ and Harden play? I I've only seen a little bit. I haven't seen very much. I haven't watched a full game or anything yet. I it's a lot of talent out there. You want to talk about talent, Russell Westbrook, right? But like, actually, I don't know how talented Russ is. Yes, regardless. He's talented. Shut up. He he's a he's incredibly cool. talented. Can't shoot threes, man. I streaky. I mean, he still makes three or four plays a game that make you say, "Wow!" That he was probably one of the only players in the league that would even try, and he's still in a regular season game an extremely good player because he's going to give you high intensity. But the problem is he doesn't give a lot on defense, and you can get away with one perimeter player being. A, a, a below average defender on, on the perimeter. Like Harden is a good post player. That's why you can do the switching. But Russ doesn't really try on that end of the floor during the regular season. And Which makes no sense because he could probably be the best guard, like perimeter defender based off just his physical capabilities. Yeah, but he's just never been that interested in it. And their yeah, team is. They're the second worst defense in the league, only behind the Pelicans right now. They allowed 160 points in regulation to the Wizards. They, they, did you see that box score? It was 159-158. Like, that is ridiculous. Absolutely. Like, to the Wizards, dude. I can't name the starting five for the oh Wizards. I can name Bradley Beal. And we've already named them. That's how irrelevant all these guys oh. are. Dude, you haven't watched the the Wizards though. Okay, so like this is where I'm gonna defend the Rockets a little bit just by complimenting the Wizards. The Wizards are fun. Like they're actually fun. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas I, is having a resurgence. He he he's been putting up numbers, 
Uh, Rory Hachimura is pretty decent. Surprising. Yeah. Very surprising. I didn't I kinda think liked Rory... him. I kind of liked him. And, like, they have Bertans, who's lighting the world on fire. He's. I'm not even kidding you. He's, like, been ridiculous from three. Can't miss. <coughs> wow, that's bad podcasting. But... The other thing is this Maurice Wet, like they're playing fast, they're playing fun. They've been doing this thing where they do double high pick with this Wagner from Michigan, right? And Bertans. Yeah, and, they, and they literally switch up who picks and who pops on the empty side. And they're putting two bigs in, in decisions where they have to make choices. And it's been working really well with a Bradley Beal coming off the screen. I don't know. I, I, they're not any good. But they're a lot more fun than you'd think. And they can actually score the ball. That's a bad loss for the Rockets, though. That's oh. a bad loss for the Rockets. It doesn't matter how you cut it. I don't know if they lost that game. I don't remember. I, don't, I think they lost. No, they, I think they won. They won. I think they won. But anyways, okay. Harden's leading the league in scoring, 36, right where he left last year. Thought that was going to dip with Russell. But all in all, it's going to be interesting to see if they sure that up because they, they – I mean, Chris Paul to Russell Westbrook is a big difference, and, and I think that's a little bit understated in that trade. And if you, you, you need to be a subpar defense to win a lot of games in the NBA. You just have to. That just is kind of a staple. There's very few teams that are all offense and one of the worst teams in the D league that are a top four seed. And I think for them to make noise, they got to have a top four season. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? Okay. We're going to move on no. to the Clippers. Have you watched the Clippers? Yes, watched I've watched the, the Clippers. I've, I think they're really good. I think they're just going to be even better, Paul George, too. He's supposed to be coming back either this week or next week. I think I got a notification today. So that'll be really fun to see. Um, that is going to be, I think, the best duo in basketball. They're going to be able to do all sorts of stuff. What have you thought about Kawhi this year? I mean, he's tough, man, when he plays. Yeah, he rested he tonight. 29 a game. <laughs> You know what I've really That's liked? That's pretty good. You know what I've liked about Kawhi so far? What? He's doubled his career high assists. He's averaging six a game. I thought he was a very below average passer last year for the Toronto team. I thought that was the biggest hole in his game. And he is kind of figuring it out. He's he's figured out how to play his pick out, like play with both Zubach and Harrell, which I didn't think he got. He wasn't very, like, good at the pick-and-roll game. He was much more of an ISO player. And they're running a lot of pick-and-rolls for him, and he's playing really well out of it. Um, but then I just it just feel it's a really just solid team. I don't understand how they lose to the Suns. I don't know why the Suns have yeah. beat the Clippers and the Sixers. I don't understand it. But they're just a young, excited team, I think. Right, and, and they have – if everything breaks right, they're going to be right there in, in June and July. So, the okay. clips you're talking? Yeah. Do you have anything else in the clips? They're good. Should we move on? Yeah. Okay. We have the Lakers. They're sitting top of the West right now. They're at six and one. What do you think about the Dwight Howard thing? Can you can you can you give me my props? Uh, uh I can. Yeah. You're. I mean, you. you that was good. That was. 
That was good I, on your part. I just want to bask in it. I don't remember, if you guys don't remember, I, I sneaky liked the Dwight Howard signing just because I thought it fit well. And I thought that this, this was going to be the best chance for him to feel important enough on a good enough team where he can take that role. And it's I, working. It really is. It looks great. And I'm, I really don't think it's going to continue. I just want to get my praise right now because he, he could get easily just hurt his back next week and be irrelevant for the rest of the season. Like, I mean, he's played nine games last year. It, he just wasn't he, – he can't physically do it. And, I mean, obviously, he's dropped a lot of weight. I just – He looks what? good, man. He, he does – he looks like a beast out there. Yeah. His shoulders look like they've re, regressed about 50% of the size. They don't look yeah. – they, he looks like a normal basketball player instead of the guy that looked like he had dodgeballs on his shoulder. Just like just lips all day every day. Yeah, I don't. I, and okay, have you watched? Uh, have you seen that LeBron is leading the league in assists? Yep. He is eleven point one. He's been great. I, I've liked everything I've seen on this Lakers team. The one thing I wanted to bring up is. I think they're going to be really tough in the playoffs because of their defense. I think they got a lot of good defenders. I think they're going to be like, I've thought about this and I was, I was trying to put it in a framework. They feel like the Memphis Grizzlies, the grit and grind. They really feel like it. I don't know why they feel like they're going to get into a playoff series. They're going to be incredible on defense and they're just going to throw it in the block for 60 possessions of the game because Anthony Davis is one of the most unstoppable players and LeBron is the best post player of all time in terms of yeah. an analytic perspective on either his, his, he, him self-scoring because if you bring a double, it's in wide open three. It's just... I, well, he just passes so well, right? That makes him so deadly. And he's and he's tall enough so he can see over the defense and it's just... It's, I think they're going to be extremely fun to watch in the playoffs because you're just going to get so much Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and it's going to be really interesting seeing how teams try to make the other guys beat them. And I would love to see with how that crashes and burns. I think they're super exciting to watch. For sure. All right. You, you got anything for the Lakers? No. I'm, I'm not as much of a Lakers guy as you are. I I mean, they're all, they're all, I mean, they're, I just think that they're more fun than the Clippers, I guess, in my head. I know the Clippers are really good, but there's just so much more excitement with the Lakers. There's just a lot, there's a lot there. There's a lot of meat on the bone. Like you 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 like the, all the, you like the LeBron hype. Yeah. I don't know why. I have never been. He looks good in the LA uniform. I will say that. He looks good in that Laker gold. I, Looks like started. a le- like a NBA legend. Don't get me started on the Laker gold. I'm sweating already. Jeez, goodness, best sports jersey of all time, Laker gold. Sorry, sorry about it, guys. I don't know why. It just fits. <laughs> all right, we're gonna move on to probably the last uh, for sure playoff lock we have on this list. Um, the Utah Jazz. They're four and three. It feels like they're a team that's really still trying to figure out their new pieces and Mike Conley and Bogdan. But Mitchell looks like he's jumped a little bit. A little bit of a jump. Feels like he's 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 going for it. 
He's gonna be he's gonna be really really good team, and this team sits the best in terms of my head as the I I would put this team in ahead of the Nuggets in terms of next five years outlook. It just feels like a team that's gonna compete really? for three or four years. I've just like Mitchell and and Gobert are just pillars of that team, and they have the guys now that are just staples of their next remaining three starting lineup, and they're just going to retool that bench until they find something that fits well. I think, I think Donovan Mitchell definitely is going to be like what James Harden is. I feel like in a few years, he's so dynamic. He can do so many things. And him coming off a Rudy Gobert ball screen, it's going to be nice. And they're coached so well. Definitely. Quinn Snyder is the man. So far, they've been the third lowest scoring team. Conley has been yikes. He's been really, really bad from the field. Like, started off the year, I think he was one for 16 in his first three games. So, he's trying to figure it out. Mike Conley is way too good of a player to continually play in this bad. I think there's going to be a run from this team coming here soon. I wouldn't go so far to say Donovan Mitchell is the James Harden type. I mean, James Harden. I love him. As much as you can dog him in the playoffs, James Harden is one of the most versatile and best offensive players of all time. And and that, that in a regular season setting, it's just the numbers just are astronomical. Yeah. I don't think he'll be James. I mean, he's just not the, he won't be James Harden where they play like isolation and just literally he just jacks the shot. But like, I, I, I think he is going to be a, you know, a 26, 27, 28 point scorer a game that like really as a as a kind of a combo guard carries his team. Right. That, that's the problem. I just don't think he's a lead guard. I don't think he can have the ball in his hand enough because he's just not that kind of, of a passer. Like Harden, for whatever you say, like when the double comes, he does hit yeah, almost I, every time. I, I think and he's Mitchell's just going to be a same. bucket though. That's true. I mean, he's probably way more athletic, and he has the ability to be way better on defense. He's a way better chance to be a better, not a better two-way star, but be a star at that level. And it still is going to take a little while, but I've liked everything I like I've him. seen. I like Donovan Mitchell more than Devin Booker moving forward. I, th- I think that's a good call. I mean. Is it? I, I, I don't know if that's like a. I don't know. I'm. I'm. The the Suns are winning this year, so like I, it's hard to be a Devin Booker hater so far, especially because Aiden's sure. been out. I, I, I but, like Devin Booker. I just I like I really like Donovan Mitchell. I think he's gonna be really good. That's fair. He already okay. is. So but. last podcast we talked about how Connor Moore was very upset that I put the Warriors and the Blazers as bubble teams, and where we're sitting currently. The Warriors are for sure not even a bubble team. Um, so, I, I'm sorry about that. I, I wrote in the notes, ha, 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 in all caps. But now I kind of feel bad because the look on your face right now is it's not it's not a laughing mood. So, how are you feeling about the Warriors I, so far? I I don't even know. I There's probably a G League team out there that's better than them. But, uh... <laughs> I'm I'm not burning my jersey. I, I decided that a few days ago. Shut up. I don't think I can. Why? 
Because Curry broke his hand. That's not even fair. I've, okay. Do you have another Warriors jersey? Jersey has to be burnt. I, A debt must be paid. Oh, my gosh. Dude, come on. They hey. literally, I think they're to the point right now where they should just tank. Oh, for sure. I mean, they're they're going to unintentionally tank because they, they, they don't. They they won last night or tonight, their last game they won. Yeah, Come because on. Eric Paschel. I don't know if it's Pascal or Paschel. I know that he played for Villanova, but I don't remember the pronunciation. He's the, your second best scorer right now behind Russell. So, Dude, I think he's kind of decent. Oh, I right? think he's pretty decent too. But that does, I'm just saying, like, I don't think a lot of people know who Eric Paschel is. I had to look for him sure. up. I I I didn't know he got drafted to be honest. I looked at him. I'm like, that guy looks kind of familiar when he was out on the court, and I had to Google he's it. Probably, he probably got signed from a G League team because I don't think he's a rookie. But he was drafted in the second round by somebody because there was this Instagram video of Donovan Mitchell, like we were just talking about, telling me you deserve to play in the league. And then they post that video after he drops 36 points. You know, they've been holding on to that one for a little while. They're the third worst defense. I thought they were going to be terrible on defense. I I, I, I I thought they were going to be really thin. I said they were going to be one Curry or Draymond extended absence from being terrible. And I didn't want it. I, I drafted Curry in the first round of my fantasy basketball team. So that's fun. I think my team's nuts, but I have Steph Curry now out for three months. It's it's really disappointing. I want, it, I want the Warriors to be good. I've been thinking about... More in a broader context, like what the last five years has been. And uh, as much as I wanted to be against the Warriors because I was a Chris Paul fan, I think we should have respected that team more and, and, and really enjoyed it before we lost it. Thank you. Uh, NBA without Steph Curry is not as fun. And that just makes me really sad. I don't know. It's just, it's just sad. I. He broke his hand, dude. Come on. Yeah, Aaron Baines just sat on it. He said it's just shattered. It's so sad. It's like one of the worst persons that could have sat on your hand. It was Aaron, Ban- Aaron Baines. Do you know if it's his right or left hand? It's his no, left I hand. Don't even... Oh, okay. I got really worried. That's what I thought it was. If he crushed but... his right hand, I would like seriously be worried about his career. Because I that definitely... happens. That happens. You break your hand, you lose something. And now I'm worried. I, this is the one thing I'm worried about with the long-term effects is just his finishing ability. He uses his left a lot, and he's really good at putting that high. And, I, and that's the one thing I'm worried about because if he's a little limited that way, he's not nearly as athletic or as good getting past his defender as he was in the past. So he needs those little scoop shots to be able to get shots that aren't threes right now. So anyways, good? I hope. Yeah, good. I'm done with it anyway. All right, we're going to move to the Portland Trailblazers. They uh, started out the season three and four. I was going to say this was one of the bubble teams again, but Connor thinks they're a lock. Uh, I mean, they're the same thing. Dame's one of the top scorers in the league. He looks like he's going to be, I mean, he's just a a stud. He's he's Steph Curry LTE um, in terms of, I mean... A different type, like, but he's the closest thing to Steph Curry in terms of volume, deep shots, off the dribble action, and, and that wins you a lot of games. I I am not worried about the Trailblazers at all, even though they did lose. That's the team that the Warriors beat 
two nights ago or whatever night isn't, ago. Isn't that isn't that a bad sign? I mean, yes, why... it's a, that's a terrible, that's awful loss. But like, they're gonna have them. I, I, the Trailblazers are fine. They got a ton of talent. I mean, I'm not. I'm, the... just, I'm just not that sold. I, I mean, this is why I put them as a bubble team. I think that for Al Farouk and and Mo Harkless's skill sets, that they were fairly limited. Correct, but you saw that on prime display in the playoffs. I thought they fit really well with what CJ and Dame do. Like they the need Aminu long, and yeah. Harkless? I just think they fit the team better. He's they're just a better fit than the Kent Baysmore. Those and guys Rodney don't want Hood. the ball, right? They, and then that that's a good thing. And so like then Rodney guys, Hood wants to score, and you can't want to score when you're playing next to CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, like two top like guards in their respective positions. Definitely. Like, and, you, you need to contribute in other ways. And I just don't think that Kent Bazemore and Rodney Hood are good enough defenders to kind of, like, hide the little weaknesses that you, you have when you play Dame and, and CJ. They're just small, and those wings are small. And you think that they're all going to get gobbled up by Whiteside. Like, that's what the defense is supposed to be better at. But Whiteside's not good. The, the, the fact that people convince themselves that... Whiteside was going to have this revival because he's playing with his best friend Dame. It's like, no. He still wants to do the dumb stuff he does all the time and not play hard. I, I didn't know they were best friends. Yeah, that, that was like part of the thing. That's how he got out of Miami and they took on his $25 million. It's stupid. Whiteside can give him some minutes. I, I'm not opposed to that. Like, I know. They're, when we I get, like when they get Nurkic better, back, I, it'll I be better. I want to play Collins. That, that's, that's the bright spot. But Whiteside is not the answer. And I think they're a good team to monitor. All right. We went through. That's our playoff expectation. We went through every single team. So we're going to wrap up this podcast with some of the notes we saw from other teams that we talked about earlier some uh, just interesting factoids I, I found and uh, wrap this bad boy up. So I'm going to start with someone that I hold very dear to my heart, and it's Luka Doncic. I didn't think he'd be this good this fast. I, I can't believe it. He's averaging 27 points, fourth in the league in scoring, 10 assists, no, 10 rebounds. It's like I think it's 16th in the league in rebounding. And he's third in the league in assists at nine and a half. Almost a triple-double. It's his second year in the league. I can't. I can't. He's just amazing. I I think people that were excited about Luka couldn't have really seen this coming. No. Not this early. He is already a star. And I think that, like, I mean, he, like, you see how special he is. The Next Mavs to LeBron, Lakers like I, I don't unreal. know, if, right? I don't, like other than LeBron, I don't know if there's another six, seven, eight, nine, whatever you know, forward basically that can score almost in any way, but also being just an elite passer. Like he's not a good passer; he's one of the best in the league at the forward position. Like he, he's. He's a point forward, basically, you know. And it, I don't know if people like that term, but that's what he is. He has absolute control over the game at 20 years old. 
it looks effortless. He's got every trick in the book. He's cagey. He's quick. Like it, it, he's only going to get better. It, it, I can't, I can't, I don't know how to even describe. He like, he, he reminds you of so many players at the same time because he pulls moves out of his bag in all these different ways. I wish I could put a better words to this. I literally just put WTF next to Luca because I didn't have anything better to say. He's special. Special. I like that. Another guy that Connor was way high on was Trey Young. Trey Young, he's been a man on fire this year. He's averaging 27 points a game. I think he's in the top 10 in scoring. And he's averaging 8.4 assists. What is most insane is that he is average, he is the leading the league in assist rate. So that means that he is sitting at a 50% assist rate. So when he's on the floor, he contributes 50% of their team's assists while he's out there. He has been a complete floor general. They run their entire offense is high ball screen with him, and he has been feasting. He, yeah, he's like my favorite type of player. Just, just a, just a point guard that can just shoot that thing like no other. But yet, like he's a really good passer, makes the right play. Yeah, I mean the the thing I think that gets overlooked with Trey is that he isn't even that good of a three-point shooter. Like, he, his percentages are great. No, and it's yeah. not a good volume, but where he's scoring a bulk of his points is, is like, floaters, little pull-ups right in the front of the rim. Like, he isn't He's so forcing. little and shifty. He's hard to, I mean, he's hard to guard. Right, no, and he, like, I just feel like I'm copying Zach Lowe 100%, but he is just destroying people with this high pick because they know it's coming now. So they know... I've had 42 pick and rolls where John Collins has just rocked me. And then he's can't, he comes up and he just rejects the screen, gets a three on five because that they, they normally trap. And so he gets to go three on five and it, like it, it, it's like a 1.7 points per possession when he, when he passed, like when he, Oh my God, I can't even talk where he, he gets past that, that the reverses that ball screen at the top of the key. That's what I was trying to say. Some highly detailed analytics going on here. Mm, I know, but you know, you gotta copy other people. You can't have no. Your own I, content. It, it's it's that that like. I just him feel coming like a, off a high pick and roll is like a really hard action to guard. It's just the whole league. It's just <laughs> everywhere. Okay, two things. Two really bad teams in the East. I have two. Th- I don't know why I watch these guys, and I haven't watched the Celtics. But I have to see how the bad teams look to see if they're even worth watching again because I know the Celtics are going to be on national TV. So, the Hornets. I thought they were going to be... I didn't think they were going to be the worst team in the league because I thought there was enough veterans on the team. Well, those guys aren't even playing. They, they, Batum's out. They don't even play any of the, the old guys except for Cody Zeller. And they are playing just the future. And it's way brighter than I ever would have thought. I haven't seen any Hornets action this year, and I don't feel like I'm missing out. But I will say, four and three as of November 7th is way, way more wins than I would have thought. Oh my. Yeah, they were projected like 27 and a half. I think it was the lowest in the league at 23. That's what and I'm half. saying. They're, they're 
I mean, we don't know if this is sustainable, but the players I wanted to bring up, Devontae Graham. He was the backup point guard. No one thought anything special of him. He's right now 14th in the league in assists at 6.5. He just put up 35 off the bench. It was a Hornets record. Okay, He played 42 minutes off the bench. I don't even know why they didn't start him. It doesn't make any sense. It would, for sure, the game went into OT, but he's been doing really well for him. P.J. Washington, I didn't think he was going to be a good pro. I didn't like how not fluid he was at Kentucky. He didn't look like he was going to be a pro, but he can kind yeah, of he can play. He can shoot the ball. He's strong enough that he can guard his position. I mean, he's like a 3 and D 4 in the modern NBA. And uh, I don't know if he's going to ever be anything better than like a role player on a bad team, but I was just surprised. I mean, contributes, yeah. Terry Rozier is contributing his forty percent field goal percentage. That's a good year <laughs> for him. Um, and uh, between Bridges and Malik Monk, they have a bunch of little wings. And I, I mean, I thought they had no future. Like Devonte Graham, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, and Malik Monk are not potential like rotation like their potential rotation players at their best right right yeah but i didn't no, like, think i didn't think three of those guys were nba players so getting the the the, the nice start for them it, it's encouraging for their team and uh for a, a organization that is kind of a laughing stock right now i bet it feels decent to be for they're getting a lot out of little congrats to them Definitely. That was great. I like that. I love your sayings. Anyways, last team. I said the Bulls were a bubble team. I'm already going to I'm I'm walking it back. I'm I've watched I watched a half. I watched a half of the Hornets Bulls game. I know. This is how sad my life's came. But they 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 can't guard anyone. They can't guard anyone. PJ Washington had 7 threes. It was a rookie yeah. record. For the Hornets. Did, did you think they were going to be able to guard anyone? I mean, they got Wendell Carter, good defender. He's their yeah. one, only one guy that I like on their team. I thought Can Markinen I- was seven feet tall, so they should be decent on the glass. They are awful. They're the worst team on the glass. They don't even box out. Levine is just, he, oh my God, he is reincarnated Monte Ellis. He's not even, like, it doesn't even matter. Ugh. I don't even want to get into it, but I I thought they were going to be decent. They're bad. They're really bad. And I still like the players on their team, but they're bad. I like Colby White. That's about it. Colby's I don't know bad. why. I don't know why I like him. I think you just like watching North Carolina, to be honest. That's, that's probably what it that's honestly probably what it is. All right. That was enough of the Bulls talk. And we've been saving this. We didn't do a pod last week, so this would have been more of a focal point. But I thought this was the best way to finish the podcast. And the NBA never disappoints. We had Carl Anthony Towns sticking up for himself, being a tough guy for one time in his entire career. And he took on one of the biggest boys in the league, one of the baddest boys, (laughs) in Joel Embiid. What did you think? Of the rumble. Okay. First off, it was awesome. I wish this happened a lot more in the NBA. But this rivalry, 
it kind of goes back a little bit, doesn't it? Right? Yeah. There's been there's been some back and forth over the last like year or two, which is funny just if you read the tweets and stuff. But I I think this is like this is the NBA version of the gorilla versus the grizzly bear. What do you think? Shut what do you, do you like my comparison? <laughs> okay, who's who? <laughs> <laughs> You don't think I don't like Embiid, your comparison because I I just don't know I Embiid is definitely the grizzly bear because we we okay so we kind of had this discussion I think last year and did we end up settling that the grizzly bear would win the fight Yeah okay all right Embiid's bigger than him he's probably tougher than him but I don't think Embiid has really showed anything that he's actually a tough guy he's talked a lot of talk and he also grew up in africa so he's probably 10 times tougher than cat like if the, the fight he's actually went definitely on. tougher than cat i just i like to say that cat would just know that Embiid is like just definitely like the man here i don't i i mean i would love to say that i just think it's a little like his stuff saying that he was raised by lions and all this stuff. I didn't even I, I thought that was kind of lame. I don't know. It was like he was acting like he won the fight like just Dude. unanimously. And I was like, I don't what did he even do? He didn't he just took a no. cheap shot while he was getting pulled away. That was it. No one won the fight. Best part about the fight though, Ben Simmons just flat out laying on cat. Yeah, that was pretty good. I mean, a lot of people thought that was Ben Simmons choking him out, but if you watch it and you watch Ben Simmons really closely, he's trying his best to keep Cat away. And Jeff Teague is trying to keep freaking <laughs> Embiid sure. away. I don't know why Jeff Teague was the first one to get to it, but he was trying to pull him away. But you can see Ben Simmons is actually trying to be a peacemaker. I thought he was for sure going to get fined because all you saw was the little – the little choke, but it didn't look like it was tight. It wasn't like sealed up against his neck. Mm-hmm. I it it was pretty impressive by Ben. I, I don't know. I didn't think he would be a de-escalator. He seemed like he'd be Al Horford, who was just standing off to the side, just staring at the whole thing. The whole thing was just a cluster. It really was. But like, I I want more of this in the NBA. Just these little one-on-one rivalries, kind of like same position, you know, sort of thing. Both young guys that probably feel like they're the best young big in the league. All right. I have three last takeaways. I know. Okay. That's it. I'm going to run them all three by you. Okay? All right. My favorite thing from the entire thing, the entire altercation, everything about it, you got to watch this after. Okay? You got to watch this okay. after the podcast. Wiggins. When the fight breaks out, Wiggins is on the other side of the court, and I've never seen someone jog more casually towards the <laughs> fight. It was incredible. I think a coach beat him there. I'm not even kidding. You watch Tobias Harris. He's underneath the basket by the stanchion. Wiggins is at the free throw line, and Tobias beats him to half court. It's you think Wiggins wants any of that, dude? I just couldn't. I could. I, it was so on brand. It was hysterical. That's. What, I'll have to actually watch for that. Oh, you gotta watch it again. It's. <laughs> it's truly, 
it's if you're a Minnesota Wiggins hater, it just brings a smile to your face. Okay. Yeah. Second point. I I gotta decide which one I want to say first. Oh, now I lost one. Um, I really like this for Cat. I I've been I've been driving the Cats soft bandwagon. I love you everything about his have. game. I love everything about him. I think his game is incredible. He's been otherworldly this year, but a little fight to showing that he cares. He cares about how people think about him. He cares about like. He he always sounds like so choreographed in interviews and stuff. And that was raw. That was him saying, you know what? Screw you. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I think I'm better than you, Embiid. He really you if he thought he wasn't better than Embiid, he wouldn't pick that. He would yeah, he wouldn't partake in all of it, right? Like he'd just kind of get pushed around and just say whatever about it. And so he cares. And and that's something I really can get behind. And I, I, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I really liked it. That was that was my biggest takeaway from the whole thing. Yeah, you've definitely always been like Cat's super good, but he's just so soft. So I'm sure you just had I mean, a nice. It, it, and I don't think face. I'm alone in that fact. Is that's just like no, you're not. If you're a big guy and you're as talented as he is, and you don't want to be the the rim protector the stopgap the guy that just tears away rebounds when no one else will like it's hard if you're the best player and you're not willing to put on that work it's really hard for the rest of your team to do that as well mm-hmm. and uh and that, that that that's always been a limitation and, and the wolves don't win games and they, they've winning a little bit this year and it's because cats made some improvements in there and he's been so good on offense and then I love to see it. Are you ready for the last one? This is more of a kind of a just an interesting takeaway. They allowed their players to really call each other out on social media. The NBA? Yeah, like they the Embiid was throwing the P word around and Cat was calling him the B word and I don't <laughs> think they got in any trouble for that. And I and I'm it's just it's interesting because I think about how the NBA likes to present themselves as the family that, friendly and like not even that. It's just they they've always leaned towards any press is good press. Like they don't care about the tampering rules because it leads to good drama, right? And they they like all the player movement because it leads to good publicity. It felt like they they knew that this was really good for the league. It brought a lot of attention. And they only got mad, it seemed like, at the fight. Because, like, for the NBA, the fights, like, sure, it brings a little attention. But if Cat breaks his hand and he's out two weeks, no. Bad for the league. And that's really bad for the league. That's a lot of revenue for a, a market that doesn't make a lot of money. Like that, that is why I understand why fighting doesn't happen anymore. And it's like a big emphasis, but I thought that the, the trash talk online, I, it felt like they just gave them free reign. And it's going to be interesting to see if other players look at this and they think about just openly talking shit to other team, other players. Uh, I would love it. I I hope for it, but 
I just think it was like really genuine. Like they, it's just two people that are really good at something and think that they're the best at it kind of deal. You know what I mean? Like it just, the tension between the two just got to the point where it was like, you know, I need to let you know. You know what I mean? Okay. I didn't get it. I didn't get enough of a chance on the court when we were freaking wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, they get to play one more time this year. I'm excited for it. It'll be good. It, it it'll be Must a see. highly competitive game. Definitely, I think both teams will be really fired up. Not just those two. It'll, yeah, that's exactly. Exciting. It, exactly. It it de- there's no way. You know, he like. Cat's not in the locker room saying, I'm going to go right at that mf or you know what I mean? Like, you know, he thinks he's better than me. Like, he can stop me. He can't kind of thing. Like, and being doing the same thing in the other locker room. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, so last thing before we, we, we end this. Who did you think won the social media trash talk? Because I have a clear winner in my head. Uh, I think Embiid did. Just because I, I, more clever or what? I don't know. I, I just felt like – I don't know. I got to look back at it now. I It's been a few days since I've read it. I, you obviously think Cat won it though. I I just thought his Instagram post was way funnier. I thought that he was – he brought out the SpongeBob meme where he capitalized and uncapitalized the letters – like he was making fun of what? Yeah, I don't think that's funny. Well, well, he's like he was making fun of Embiid's post where he's like, uh, "I ain't no bitch." La, 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 la. And then he put clown emojis, and then the pictures were great because it was the one finger picture where it was on Embiid's arm, and then he also made fun of him for no. Then it was one in the headlock, great, great picture, and then I thought the last picture was the best. <laughs> the Razor Alliance thing? Okay, I see that one. Yeah, and then, so, the last picture, when it's Embiid crying in front of the camera when they lost in the playoffs, like, that was really good. That was, like, the best. Oh, I thought, I thought they were just, it was a, it was a, a better burn where I thought Embiid was just, like, calling him soft and, like, just called him names. Like, the Raised My Lion thing is, like, weird flex, bro. Like, you know? That is a weird flex. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. You know, like if I, it, I just, I thought Embiid would be better in the moment. I think my expectations were better, and I laughed more at cats. And I don't know why, because I see, I side more Embiid in a lot of other areas. So it, I think, I think it was a winner. Embiid's trash talk has never been very clever. It's all like, it's always been he's, blunt. He's, it's yeah, and it's like super unorthodox because he's not American. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's, he's like got his, it. he talks like this, he like, you know what I'm saying? Oh like <laughs> what he does, like, I lo- like, I love when he talks trash, but it, it, it's just, he's like a goofy dude. You know what I mean? Definitely. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of more than your average bookie podcast. You can find this podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud by searching More Than Your Average Bookie in the search bar. If you guys feel inclined, you like the content, please rate and review us on that iTunes app. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at MoreBookie. Um, I don't have anything else for you to say, but thank you so much for listening and peace. Peace.